Welcome to Breaking It Down with D. Anthony, Saved by the Bell, with your host, Devin Anthony. So, today we got a show pretty much just my reactions to the top rank event that occurred last night, June 12th. Uh, Virgin Hotels Las Vegas was a great event. I think about 2,000 in attendance, great energy in the crowd. Um, and there, were, there were eight really, really, really good fights that I thought were all pretty competitive. Um, we saw we saw a lot of we saw a lot of good things from younger fighters. Um, I think there were three three fighters last night, all who were 18 years old, um, that really proved themselves. All won their fights, and uh, Jahai Tucker, uh, Kasir Goldston, and Xander Zayas. So all making a name for themselves uh, as young and up, upcoming fighters. And I think that was really the theme of last night was a lot of these young fighters, you know, making you know giving themselves attention proving that they can compete with some of these older, more experienced guys. And then obviously to cap off the night, you have 23-year-old Shakur Stevenson uh, winning by ultimate decision against Jeremiah Nakatilla uh, to hold that vacant WBO interim junior lightweight title um, after 12 rounds. So I wouldn't say it was necessarily a completely dominant performance by Stevenson. Um, he he said he said that he wasn't feeling great uh, going into that fight, but he still needed to do what he needed to do and was able to pull out the win. So starting off with my analysis of the first fight of the night, you had Jahai Tucker versus Israel Barbosa and a welterweight bout. Uh, it was a pretty good fight, went all four rounds, but it was clear uh, from the first round that Jahai Tucker would dominate this fight. I thought he came out very aggressive, which is needed. Um, you know, he's eight, he's only 18 years of age, fighting against Barbosa, who's 30 years old, a lot more experienced than Jahai, uh, but he's still able to get it done. I thought his size advantage helped him a lot. Uh, you know, he stands at 5'11", Barbosa's only 5'7", so he also was able to use um, his length and, you know, having a greater reach. That was definitely an advantage for him uh, that allowed him to have, you know, that allowed him to keep good good distance, um, allowed him to establish his ground. I thought he had really good energy toward the end of the first round, you know, pretty much saying, like, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm the guy. Um, I thought also thought he had great movement. Um, I, I just think it was a really good fight plan overall going into this fight. I think, you know, as an 18-year-old, uh, from from New York, Jahai Tucker has huge potential moving forward. Whatever he decides to end up doing in the top rank, and I actually spoke to to Jahai after his fight. So let's see what he had to say. Jahi, so you clearly were the better better size uh, in this fight. Uh, you know, you had four inches on Barboza. How did you use that to your advantage, like your length? You know, um, I just kept popping that jab. You know, um, kept my distance. Whenever I wanted to go in, I can went in. You know, I was just all about mixing it up. You know. And then I know you're only 18. Uh, you were definitely the younger guy in this fight. Uh, you got great potential. Uh, how do you how do you use, how do you see to use that to your advantage going forward? I just keep knowing that you know I work very hard, you know, real hard, and um, I try everything I can to keep going and going every day. And um, I know that your skill wise, I don't think anybody's better than me. And my skills potential wise, I feel like I'm a great fighter all the time. Potential wise, nobody's better, you know. But um, that's what I use. Appreciate you. You know, big big respect for Jahai. He he knows that he's got what it takes uh, to be that guy moving forward. And and there's another 18 year old that fought just after him and Kasir Goldston, and he was outstanding as well. Uh, in his fight in his welterweight bout against Maurice Anthony, um, who's 31 years old. Uh, he's 31 years old, uh, so you're older than Barboza. So both of them fighting, you know, guys are in your early 30s who have a lot more experience than them. You know, these are guys that are just 18 years old and still getting it done on the big stage. So, uh, you know, Golson came out. I thought he had very good speed, especially uh, initially in that first round. I thought he established his ground well. Um, and, you know, Maurice Anthony, I thought he was staying patient for uh, through most of the fight. But uh, I think Goldston just uh, he was able to he was able to stick to his game plan. 
uh, was able to move forward with that. And I thought he was the more dominant fighter in this fight. And of course, uh, he was he was awarded that victory after four rounds. Uh, I also spoke with him uh, to kind of get his thoughts after the fight. My plan earlier in the fight was, you know, establishing a good jab. They, they said he was a powerful puncher. And, you know, just keeping my range, establishing a jab, landing my punches. You know, don't let him get started. You know, him on the back foot, that's what we wanted, and him chasing me. And we capitalized it perfectly, and we put the unanimous decision wins. And um, I'm looking to move forward with all the top rank throughout my career. I can't wait. It's great to see these young fighters in Jahai and Kasir both dedicating themselves uh, to this great sport of boxing and also using the last night as an opportunity to really show uh, their talents to the world. Um, after the Kasir fight, it was Troy Isley versus Laquan Evans. Uh, it was a pretty good fight, four-round four round, uh, middleweight bout. Uh, they were the heaviest dudes there last night. Isley checking in at 156.8 pounds, Evans at 156. Um, I thought I thought both I, I thought both came out very aggressive. I don't think it was more of a one-sided fight, although I think Isley pulled away in those last two rounds. Uh, it was pretty very good quick, quickness from Isley throughout the fight. Uh, good movement uh, and response from Evans as well throughout the fight until probably that last round uh, where I felt Isley dominated. And that, I, Isley was just killing him with that great left jab of his. Uh, he had great awareness, uh, you know, dodging from uh, dodging from Isley, you know, just, just being able to read Evans, what he was going to do. Um, you know, come, come by that last round. I thought Evans came out stronger, but then, uh, you know, more offensive, but I see saw it coming. Uh, he, you know, he was looking for that left hook and was able to land it after a good right jab that the ref thought Evans was done and, and called the, and called it off. So, so technically it goes down as a TKO late into the fourth round, even though the fight was almost over. Um, Evans clearly was not happy with the call. He thought he could have continued fighting. Uh, personally, I thought he could have continued fighting, but again, there's only 20, 30 seconds left, and I think the win would have been Isley's any, anyways uh, because I thought he was uh, the better, more dominant fighter um, in this fight. Um, Isley's actually going to the Olympics this summer in Tokyo, so I think this is a great... I think this is his last fight before he's going to the Olympics. I thought it's great for him to get a win under his belt, uh, really good for his confidence going into that to represent uh, the United States, so it's good, good to see him win last night. After that fight was Brian Lua versus Frevian Gonzalez. Uh, Gonzalez from Puerto Rico. Lua, rep Lua representing uh, Mexico. He's actually from Madera, California. Um, the judges scored that fight. It was a six-round junior lightweight bout. Uh, the judges scored that fight, 58-56, and two of them scored it 60-54 to uh, to Lua. I thought, I thought it was a strong start from Gonzalez. Um, you know, he's really looking for that right hook. Uh, but Lua was was big at the end of that first round, you know, able to reestablish himself. Uh, Gonzalez just kept looking for that big right hook. Uh, you know, he's really aggressive towards the end of the round. Um, but then in the fourth round, he had a knockdown. Um, or in the fifth round, there was a knockdown from Lua. Uh, you know, that you're probably going to say, okay, he's probably going to win this fight now. And, you know, it was, he was really tiring Gonzalez out. And he was able to pull through after, after that six rounds. But the unanimous decision win. Uh, so good for his confidence. You know, he, he improves to Aiden O'No and climbs the ranks in that in that junior lightweight class for top rank. And after after his fight was Xander Zayas versus Larry Fryers. Fryers uh, fighting out of Ireland. Zayas fighting fighting out of San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, he's also he was the he was the third 18 year old fighter um, on this card. And you know many analysts thought this was a very important win for Zayas who is starting to establish himself as one of the best, if not the best, young fighter in the welterweight class. Uh, so he was able to pull it off 
uh, with a third round knockout. It was sixth round welterweight bout. Um, you know, he's fighting much older Larry Fires, 30 years old. So third fight of the night where you have, you know, at least a 12-year age difference and the younger guy coming out on top. So as I said earlier, it was a great night for young fighters to really uh, prove the talents they had to make a name for themselves and use and really use that opportunity they were given last night. And Zayas, I think, capitalized the most out of all of them uh, with that third round knockout. He just he looked very strong uh, throughout the fight. He had great combos in that third round. Uh, you know, Friars didn't really have any answer for him. Um, you know, he, he had to keep Friars on his toes. You know, um, and Zayas was able to pull out with with the with the TKO. So very very Im- impressive performance from him. That I think he that, he, that I think he can build on uh, and and use for an even better fight uh, to come in these next couple months in the welterweight class. And after Xander's fight was a eight round junior welterweight bout between John Boza and and Kriston Edwards, and something just got into Boza. He absolutely dominated that fight. Uh, second round TKO uh, was not very long. He won. You know, he had a game plan going in there, wanted to get out there, and he, he stuck stuck with that and was clearly uh, the dominant fighter through both rounds and ended it pretty pretty early. Um, I thought I thought both were very quick in the first round. Uh, looked like it was going to be a pretty even match. Um, you know, Edwards was really looking for that left jab, that left hook, um, but Bowser was just was just going for those combos. Uh, he got a knockdown on he got a knockdown on Edwards. Um, then another knockdown in the second round, um, and then the third knockdown, and that was it. The ref had seen enough. Um, you know, Edwards had no had no answer for John Boza, who clearly uh, he just kept rushing in. The in, you know was the aggressor by far, and had no had no intention other than ending that fight early and getting out there with the dub. And so he gets his sixth knockout and proves the fifteen and zero, and also climbs the rank in the junior welterweight class. After that fight was Tyler McCreary. Versus Manuel Ray Rojas in an eight-round junior lightweight bout. That went the whole thing. Uh, Rojas ended up winning in a unanimous decision. One one ref scored at seventy-nine to seventy-three, uh, and the two other judges scored at eighty to seventy-two. Uh, so unanimous decision win for Rojas, who improves to twenty-one and five in a must-win uh, in a must-win fight for him in that junior lightweight class. Um, I thought I thought McCreary was you know he, he was looking for that big left hook throughout throughout the fight wasn't. You know, he landed a couple, nothing too significant. I thought Rojas was moving very well, had good quickness, good quickness. Um, he was defending well. I thought both had good uppercuts, good body shots. Uh, two in round four from Rojas. Um, you know, he's looking a little bit more tired around six, uh, but was still attacking well, still rushing. Um, you know, he was re- he was able to read McCreary. McCreary, I, you know, I said earlier he was able to land, uh, but not anything too significant that rocked Rojas. Um, because of how good his movement was um, and you know and then towards the end of the fight that last round that last 20 seconds or so you know the two were throwing absolute haymakers um, and then great respect between both of them after the fight um, you know I thought McCreary turned it on too late he dominated that last round uh, but again I thought he should have turned that on the fifth sixth round uh, that would have given him a better chance to win on, on the judges scorecard but I thought it was too late for for Rojas who dominated most of that fight and deservingly won then you have uh, the, the two main events of the night, Julian Rodriguez, Jose Petrasa was the first one, and 10-round junior welterweight fight uh, bout. I thought it was a must-win for Rodriguez, who was 21-0 with 14 knockouts going into the fight. Uh, you know, and doesn't have a loss in his record. Uh, he's going up against a very experienced Jose Petrasa, who knows what it takes to win at the big stage. Uh, he, he ended up winning the fight, um, I believe it was it was end of the seventh round or end of the eighth round. 
Um, the, Rodriguez had suffered a very, very bad cut under his eye um, between, the, between the rounds, and the ref called it off. He didn't think he'd be able to continue. So Petrasa takes the win. A uh, huge, huge win for him as he's trying to get back uh, to the top of the junior welterweight class. You know, he's 32 years of age. You got you to gotta wonder how much time he's got left. Um, he definitely has a couple years, but for fights like those are, you know, are, are fights that are also must win for Petrasa. Who, who who tries to who, who last night was trying to keep his status as you know his high status in the junior welterweight class gain back his respect um you know he had lost a couple big fight a couple big fights big challenges in that junior welterweight class so to be able to to, to defeat Julian Rodriguez who had essentially called him out who didn't think that Petrosa had what it took uh to defend himself um you know in big and big and big fights like last night um you know the, the the last fight before before the main event between Stevenson and Nakatoa um, you know, I thought it, I thought in that first round, Rodriguez was moving well. Uh, he looked like maybe he would be the favorite in this fight. Uh, you know, he's reading Petrasa's punches, was staying patient. I thought Petrasa was throwing a lot more through the first two rounds, though. Um, so he's able to, you know, seem as more the aggressor, you know, gain his ground, his dominance. Uh, and then by round five, um, I thought there was more aggression from Rodriguez, which is good. He needed that. Uh, you know, he's defending well um, through round six. Um, but Petraza throughout the night, he just looks so light and quick on his feet. Uh, he's protecting himself well, and I think it was a very deserving win for Petraza, who just had, clearly had a better game plan going into the, going into the night. So, uh, obviously frustrating for Rodriguez, first loss um, on his record uh, professionally. So uh, he'll have to bounce back. Hopefully, he he can get a fight in the next couple months or so. Uh, you know, a little bit of a redemption fight. I don't think he's gonna fight Petraza again. Um, but huge for Petraza and his confidence. Uh, to beat Julian Rodriguez. And then my thoughts on the last fight of the night, uh, 12-round vacant WBO interim junior lightweight title fight. A um, lot on the line there, especially for Shakur Stevenson. I, as I said yesterday in my pre-fight podcast, I don't think, you know, going into this fight, Jeremiah Nakatilla, he, he really didn't have a lot to lose. You know, if he, if he loses, um, you know, he probably gets another fight with top rank, is able to reestablish himself. I thought... I thought he, I thought he definitely um, held his own. A lot of people thought that Stevenson would knock him out. He wasn't. He took it all twelve rounds. Uh, clearly, Shakur was the better fighter throughout the fight. I don't think there was any round. You no, know, Nakatilla was definitely more the aggressor during the fight. I think Shakur kind of had more of like a Mayweather plan, kind of sit back on his toes, defend and 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 uh, counter Nakatilla. And it, that I thought I think it really uh, reflected in the scorecards with all three judges scoring it 120 to 107 for Shakur. So it was a big win for Shakur, um, you know, to kind of gain, to kind of gain it more ground in that junior lightweight class. Um, you know, his next fight could probably be an actual title fight. Um, I know last night was just a vacant interim title, but I think his next fight, if he gets Herring or Oscar Valdez, uh, I think that's, that, that'll definitely be a title fight. And for him, that's, that's also a must win. He improves the 16 note last night, doesn't get the knockout. A lot of people want him to, a lot of people are calling it a boring fight, but I actually thought um, it was a it was a good fight for Shakur. He did everything he needed to do. Um, he he defended well against Nakatilla, who you know he's known for his his big hits. Um, his rec- after last night, he you know he falls to record twenty one and two. Is twenty one and one going tonight with seventeen knockouts? So twenty two fights, 17, 17 of those fights he knocked the other guy out. Um, I think that's maybe why Shakur is maybe was maybe a little bit more defensive last night. You know, if he made a mistake. Uh, Nakatoa maybe would have capitalized on that, but Shakur I thought was was pretty perfect on the defensive end. Nothing Nakatoa threw really rocked him. Uh, he was able to defend and and really uh, get that counter 
um, when Ocotillo was just swinging. Um, my thoughts on the first round, I thought there was a good first left hook from Shakur uh, that kind of woke Ocotillo up. Uh, Ocotillo was really working that left jab. Shakur was staying patient, staying patient throughout the fight, not just through the first round, you know, dodging well. Um, second round, Ocotillo, um, he, he swung, he fell on a swing, there was no contact. Uh, wasn't scored as a knockdown, but again, not too, not too good. Um, what didn't look too good on Akatilla's part, losing control there that early in the fight. Uh, he almost looked a little bit too desperate. Uh, third round, not a lot of punches uh, from Shakur still, uh, but both were going big. One they were thrown. I thought there was good movement from Shakur, especially in that third round. Uh, but in that fourth round, it looks like something just kicked in. Shakur looked a lot more aggressive, and even got a scored knockdown on Akatilla that I'm sure reflected well. Uh, on a scorecard, uh, going into the fifth round, I also thought Shakur was still was still aggressive more than he was in the first three rounds. Um, but again, Nakatilla was stepping up. He was he was defending himself, uh, and he looked like he was ready for the challenge. Uh, sixth round, I saw really good left jabs from Shakur. Um, seventh round, uh, again great le- great left jabs. He's really working that left jab throughout the night, uh, especially it was evident through those six and seven rounds. Um, I thought round eight, Shakur was, you know, he's keeping his ground, was was still being more the aggressor, although Nakatil was kind of going for more wild punches. And I thought even through the eighth round, um, you know, probably you'd expect both to be pretty tired, but I thought both had him and Nakatil both still had pretty good energy um, throughout that round. And then going into round nine, um, I thought Nakatil looked more patient than he had through the first eight rounds. Um, you know, he wasn't going for those wild for those wild punches. Maybe that goes into stamina that he didn't really have anything left that he was just trying to stay out there and defend himself. I thought round 10, I didn't see a lot from either fighter. I thought both were trying to just get, would just catch their breath um, and get ready going into that 11th round. Um, in that 11th round, I, I thought that Shakur uh, especially defended himself well. And in going to that 12th round, the last round of the fight, Nakatilla knew that obviously he was behind. He was, he was, um, he was not the favorite to win that fight, um, reflecting those judges' scorecards. So he came out a lot more aggressive in that 12th round. Uh, Shakur knew that it would be coming. He wasn't going to make a mistake. That allowed for Nakatilla to land a big hook that he was trying to go for. Um, and, and then Shakur was able, even able to get a knockdown uh, in that round based on because uh, of pretty good counterattacking. So I thought overall... Um, it was, it was a pretty good fight from Shakur Stevenson. He showed everything he needed to show. Uh, he's, he's disappointed himself today. He thought, you know, the crowd wanted him to get it. The crowd wanted him to knock, knock Attila out. He felt like he could knock, knock Attila out. Um, but he said something about, I wasn't feeling great going into the fight. And, you know, I think, I think a hundred percent, um, health, hundred percent health Stevenson probably knock, knocks out knock Attila last night, just because of the amount of mistakes knock Attila, um, was making that gave Stevenson wide open uh, punches to knock him out. Um, but fair play to Nakatilla, big respect for him. Um, he Clearly, he was the underdog in this fight, took it all 12 rounds, wasn't knocked out, uh, landed some good punches, nothing too significant just because of how well Stevenson was moving, how how well he defended. And that, you know, I think that goes a lot into into his camp. And, you know, he, he worked very closely with Terrence Crawford, who has one of the best records in top rank. I believe he's 29-0. Uh, just such an experienced fighter that Stevenson's been working with. Uh, he's worked a little bit with Floyd Mayweather, who I think he took some some of his defensive techniques from um, that really reflected last night. Um, you know, just 23 years of age, he improves to 16 and 0. Um, it's big. It's big for Shakur on the on the main stage, and I think that opens the door for him uh, to get an actual title uh, coming in in the next year or so. 
uh, to wrap up the show today. That's all my thoughts I had. Top rank last night. Uh, big thanks for the big thanks to them uh, for allowing me to do the press for that. It was just, it was a great time. I was able to uh, connect with some of the fighters. Um, shout out to Jahai and Kasir for uh, letting me interview them. So uh, both great young fighters, and I thought, uh, as I said earlier last night, was a great opportunity. Uh, for a lot of these younger fighters to make name for themselves and show off, um, show off their talents to the rest of the world. Uh, but to wrap up the show today, I'm just going to give you guys um, some quick thoughts on UFC 263 from last night. Um, all three great fights did not disappoint. Um, you know, you had Nate Diaz who is known for getting bloody. Um, he was he, he was he was pretty messed up by the end of that fight. Blood all over his face. Uh, almost won, almost won on knockout in the fifth round. He knew. He knew that he'd have to go big just because um, Edwards was winning. And, you know, Edwards seemed dominant through those first four rounds. But Diaz rocked Edwards. Uh, but instead of continuing to attack, he kind of looked at him and stared at him. Uh, you know, the Nate Diaz, the Nate Diaz we love, you know, taunting the other guy when he gets rocked. But Edwards was able to stay out, was able to defend himself uh, for the last 30 seconds, minute or so, and was able to pull out the win by a unanimous decision. Uh, all three refs scoring that, 40, or all three judges scoring that 49 to 46. Uh, so big, big win for Leon Edwards. It wasn't a title fight, but an important fight in that welterweight class. Uh, after that, history was made last night with Brandon Moreno um, becoming a champion in the flyweight in the flyweight class. He's the first Mexican board champion in UFC history, uh, which is crazy. And he he beats um, he beats Davison Figueroa, um, who was the champion of the flyweight class by a rear naked choke in in the third round. So. Uh, huge for Moreno to pull that off. Huge for his confidence for a guy that's been through so much in his UFC career, and so it's good, you know, good good for him to see and you know getting winning that title fight. Very important for him, and for the country of Mexico. Uh, finally, uh, the last fight of the night, uh, another title fight. You know, Israel Adesanya trying to defend uh, his middle his middleweight his middleweight title. Um, his only loss on record against John Blockowitz, who he he challenged in the. In the light heavyweight class, so this was a must-win for Izzy to you know to not fall to two losses in a row to keep uh, to stay champion in that middleweight class. And it was a, it was a pretty good rematch against Marvin Vittori. Vittori was really looking for those takedowns throughout the night. Uh, Fourteen attempts uh, was able to take Izzy down four times, but nothing like two. You know, I don't think there's any sort of actual dominance that Vittori established uh, during the fight. I thought Izzy was clearly the better fighter throughout. Um, you know, Vittori's ego is so great. He still thought he won the fight, even though all three judges scored at 50 to 45. Unanimous decision win for Adesanya as he defends, as he defends his title belt. Um, but just the swagger that Israel fights with is something like no other, you know, he calls himself a style bender for a reason. Um, he's, he's just that guy out there. He's going to give the crowd a great fight. He's a great entertainer and also shows, um, how great his martial art abilities are each time he's each time he's in the octagon, and it really is so impressive. He never he never fails to disappoint, and so I think it's a big win for him last night. Uh, you know, you can kind of you can kind of rest a little bit, see who's you see who's the next challenge challenger. I think he wants Robert Whitaker. Um, I think they fought before he won that, so he wants him again. He wants to continue proving himself, um, and he's establishing himself as one of the best, if not the best, fighters UFC has. Um, just because of you know of how calm he fights each time, of how much he's able to stick to his game plan, uh, the few mistakes he makes. So, um, you know, really working the legs last night, laying forty one uh, strike, forty one strikes out of forty three attempts to Vittori's legs, which I think just tired him out. Um, Vittori had no answer for it. So, 
big win for Izzy there. Um, big for the UFC, and we'll be we'll be good to see. Uh, you know that was the last that was the last big card before UFC 264, July 10th. Uh, sold out crowd, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas. Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. Uh, that'll be the third fight. Uh, each each winning one in the last. Uh, Poirier winning more, most recently uh, in January. So uh, McGregor gets his rematch. It'll be interesting to see how how he looks coming out of coming out of a fresh camp, and if he can um, if he can get revenge on Justin, and you know move his way up, move his way back up through the lightweight uh, through the lightweight ranks. So. A uh, lot to look forward to for combat sports, top rank, UFC, um, you know, great job, great job for, for both of those putting on great cards last night. And, um, yeah, it's, it was, it was a pleasure to be a part of, be, be a part of that top rank card last night. And yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you soon.